Welcome to the Unpolished MBA podcast and our special holiday series called Unpolished Gold, Mining for Talent in Transition, where we uncover the hidden gems of the professional world this holiday season. Very much an interesting process. Just going, being back here is very daunting in some aspects. I haven't been here in a very long time. I, I hadn't even, I had to find my resume. I guess that's the first thing. Like I hadn't even <laughs> a resume in 10 years. So that in a sense was like, oh my, I really don't even know how to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. But it's been, it's been interesting and I'm trying to wrap my mind around it and look at it from a positive perspective. So I'm really happy. Thank you very much for this opportunity. I'm speaking with Miss Talisha Shine. And Talisha, I want to welcome you to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. You know, you mentioned it's been 10 years since you had to even consider sending out a resume. Yes. And we did an episode uh, maybe two episodes back with Brenda Mariah. So I I advise you to go and listen to that one because she mentioned some things that I didn't even know has changed. Yes, in the, in the job world. Yeah. See, I'm from the days of post uh, going to Monster and typing in the word engineer. The jobs pop up. Mm-hmm. I apply to the ones I'm interested in. In, get a call within a week, first interview, all of that done in two weeks, maybe three, right? Your job offers extended anytime between four to six weeks. Like, and that is just not the world we live in right now. Monster, does that even exist anymore? I don't even know. Yeah, I'm amazed <laughs> at I, I I love that we hark back to the good old days because there is um nostalgia to it. And, you know, I love going back to the the good old days in that sense. But things have changed and the technology has truly impacted where and how and what you can do. And there's always a different school of thought. So coming back from a very pragmatic, just like you said, putting in keyword search, doing all of this thing programmatically, some of those things work and sometimes they don't. Yeah. There's a mixture of things going on right now. That really has, you know, you have to be diligent in the sense of picking the things and and not being overwhelmed by them, which I think is a very hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. But then you have to just find where you align and what happens. Like, you know, I'm like, is a two-page resume okay? Is it this? Because how do you put all your experience that I've had on a, you know, on a single piece of paper? That's very challenging. Mm-hmm. But also, how do you, you know, some people are like, oh, there's videos that go along with them. I'm like, you have to shoot a video now for the, (laughs) yeah, I'm so confused, but I just try every day to be open-minded and approach it like that. Like, where do I fit Mm -hmm. and where can I be of service? Because that truly is my, my impetus for all the things that I do. I love to work, but I also like to be of service. That's truly the goal and my purpose. Yeah. We, we started chatting and, you know, we, we had some, just a little bit of nostalgia in the conversation. And uh, I decided, hey, let's hit, let's really start recording for this episode because you and I can talk. <laughs> That's <Ever>. all day. <laughs> Random musings about just life, the kids, work, technology, Web3. And speaking of Web3, like that is your jam. <laughs> 
you became heavily involved in it in recent years, especially in blockchain. So what most attracted you to that? I love technology. And I think it was one of those kind of key moments mm-hmm. of where the technology really spoke to what was happening. And I think all of those pieces of the technology that lead to blockchain as a, as a full infrastructure have been around for many years. So we're not recreating things. What we're doing is innovating with the tools that we have. And it really does speak to some of the really core, I think, problems that we had over the 50 years. They call it the information age. I think that's a misnomer. I think it's a data age. We have so much data, but we don't know what to do with it. And this was the technology that could make sense of it and truly make it informational. Man, blockchain, it, it really has thrown me for a loop as far as the, the capabilities of it, but not blockchain. I meant crypto, cryptocurrency, which most people relate the whole Web 3.0 to that. And so it's just been so much around that. However, blockchain is just incredibly powerful when implemented properly and under the right use cases, right? Business cases. Um, you know, you've shared about your your knowledge on Web 3.0 on a past episode of Unpolished MBA. You remember that? Yeah, I do. <laughs> so that one, I'm going to put that in the show notes, guys, because you're going to learn a lot from <laughs> Talisha on Web 3.0. It's just... I'm saying 3.0, but we dug into, uh, you know, blockchain. Did we even talk about cryptocurrency? I did at the application. I think that's where the separation really comes into how to separate the infrastructure from the application. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we went into, well, you shared quite a few details because you're very well uh, versed on that whole thing. So do you envision involvement in that and Web 3.0 in the future? Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So any are you seeking opportunities in that area or? I would welcome those opportunities if they came my way. I, I always think there is a way we're progressing very quickly, specifically with AI. I would say, again, that's data aggregation at its finest. It's exponentially being, you know, pushed forward. Yeah. And so we'll need to do something with that data. And that, again, where blockchain comes in very handy. You know, you've recently been uh, the director over at a venture studio in uh, in Savannah here in Georgia. What was that experience like? You know, because I know you came from really the uh, healthcare, so the tech healthcare side of things, product and project management. How's that been over there uh, at the venture studio? What's that experience like? Amazing experience. I would say, well, the, the studio is actually located in Nashville, Georgia, uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, you're remote. Yes, I've been remote for 13 years, actually. This is my 13th year mm-hmm. of not having an office to go to, and it's been amazing. But it's, you know, I always say, like, you don't know where the opportunities come from. So back uh, probably in 2019, mm-hmm. a little later than that, the I was just an active participant in a Discord channel that was centered around blockchain and healthcare, obviously my two jams. So, you know, like I'm just doing what I normally do, providing information, having conversations. And the managing directors of the studio kind of reached out and said, hey, you know, would you like to come to Nashville and just hang out with us? And I said, of course, I love Nashville, love the food. I'm on, I'm going to go. Had no idea that that was an interview. By the time I'm done with, you know, eating, they're like, we really want to work with you. And I'm thinking, 
okay, what does that mean? And they're like, we don't know. We just know that we want you to work with us. So that was the experience where I was like, I don't know, you know, you want to say yes, just because (laughs) you're like, okay, this sounds amazing. It was a little scary because I knew nothing about Venture Studio as a business model. Mm-hmm. So, you know, ramped that up really quickly and they helped with that by putting me in a boot camp. But it's a very interesting transition going from an expert to a novice. That was the biggest thing that I took. Like, it was just super hard for me to, I'm like, I'd been in the healthcare industry for about 14 years, been in blockchain since about 2016. So being new for the first time and at this point, having to learn and implement and do all these things. So there was a lot of grace but a lot of, you know, anxiety also with that, you know, transition into that role. So what types of uh, companies uh, were spun out of that venture, are spun out of that venture studio? It's a health tech uh, venture studio. So mainly trying to really have innovation and collaboration, you know, mixed together. So there were supply chain uh, venture that was also using a DLT technology. There was a credentialing service a health plan kind of company as well. And so it was very much, very much centered around health tech and healthcare, but having different aspects. And again, being in a venture studio, going from ideation to commercialization and how that process really evolves was really interesting. I'm interested to know how that works in a remote environment. Like, how do you manage that? It's the same as anything because you're really just working through the process. I created the playbook by which to move through those processes. There's benchmarks and gates that really work and really being communicative. So no matter where you are, even our, you know, our co-founders were all over the country as well. They weren't always in Nashville. So just being very much able to communicate effectively, being, yeah, I would say it's a startup environment in the sense that you work around the clock, but that was really helpful and I thrive in that environment. Okay, so what what's happening with that position as far as like workforce reduction that you're you're moving into a new transition? At this point, so they were raising a fund and as we all know, the VC funding has contracted significantly. So at this point, that position and the functionality of the studio has been suspended. Okay. All right. So that makes sense. That I mean the Startup venture world is really tough right now. It's really tough right now. Very much so. Yeah. Um, you know, so the the whole tech part of of your career has been interesting. And as you mentioned, you spent a, a, a big chunk of it in health tech. You want to continue down that that road? At this point, I'm open to new opportunities with regard to different industries. I have a, a affinity for health tech and all digital health just because I've been in it so long. And to me, I'm, I'm a patient first, as I always say, I'm a chronic asthmatic. So I really appreciate uh, anything to give back to the individuals that have helped me and continue to help me. And so I love that aspect of it, but I would always welcome a new opportunity in a new industry. Okay. You know, when we're talking about product or project management roles for you, I just wanted to kind of understand you have such a, a mellow personality and you're very good at explaining complex ideas to folks. Where do you most enjoy spending your time on the client side of things like customer facing or or otherwise like internal team? I like them both, actually. I find them both have, you know, interesting and eclectic individuals that you meet in general. 
And I always have to flex that ability to be able to understand and disseminate that information. So whether it's on that client facing side where you're asking the questions and really digging deep into customer discovery to really translating that into something viable for a business team and for, a, you know, a system development team to actually create. I think you go kind of all the way around. You get the best of both worlds. Yeah. And I just, I, I'm just remembering back to your episode on Web 3.0. You guys got to listen to that. <laughs> it's incredible. Some of the terms and stuff that a lot of folks are confusing and juxtaposing is, uh, is all explained in there. So I'm, I'm going to share it with you guys. So you really get a, a chance to, to see the brilliance of Talisha. So as you're seeking new opportunities, what, what's some of the qualities you're looking for then in your next role? I would love to be able to bring all of my toolbox of tools and skills <laughs> to the mix, but also to learn. I think that's where, again, the studio allowed me something that I hadn't had in quite some time was that true learning ability and being able to be open to testing and learning and not being fearful of like, this, I'm going to make this mistake and this is going to be, you know, the biggest mistake ever. So mm -hmm. I do like those opportunities to grow and to be a part of that growth to really try to exercise that, you know, momentum, but also to provide the foundations that I, that I can give by my skill set. As far as the innovation side of things, what most interests you? I will say I'm on the AI train. I want to know more about uh, it. Likewise, man, it makes, for me, it's just, it's not a replacement for people, but it just makes life so much easier because I can get so much more done in such a shorter amount right. of time. It's a supplemental tool. And I, I think, again, technology for technology's sake is never going to work. You really have to find out as just in anything. And I've learned this in the venture aspect as all throughout my career. You start with a problem. Yeah. There are many ways to solve a problem, but you have to find the timeliness and the accuracy of the problem and that solution mixed together. So right now we do do a lot of things that are redundant and don't really are not the best use of our time. So we're always looking for optimization and efficiency. That's the tool that will give us that. So I think that's where it comes into play, not as a replacement for anyone, because we still need to have that understanding. And mm -hmm. I think that's where I, it's not it's not intelligent. Right. <laughs> it's not right. intelligence. It's, you know, it's a workflow process and how it can do that for us in the way that, again, to synergize and make sense of all this data that we've collected over the last 50 years. Yeah. It, and, and how do you see AI affecting the digital health landscape and, and just healthcare overall? It can have a great place. I think, again, this is where regulation and pushback healthcare doesn't move quickly and mm -hmm. is always kind of always behind the curve, yeah. several decades behind the curve. But it has the ability to make some of those efficiencies in the, in the workflows that are really predominant in the healthcare industry work much more effectively. And then therefore that will be kind of like the domino effect if we get those workflows in a more synergized, more optimized way, then that frees up some of the healthcare aspects that we really do need to tackle with humans. Yeah, that one-on-one -on -one time with patients. Definitely. Just yeah. again, the value of care. Mm. How do you deliver care? It is not writing your notes in the EHR. That's exactly. not fair, right? Exactly. So right now, the venture, the, you're still working for the venture studio, but you know you've been informed about the a workforce reduction moving forward. So, 
you know, what are some of your thoughts? I know you're going, you're starting your search. And as we mentioned, uh, things have changed quite a bit. What, what would you say is one of the biggest differences you've noticed in uh, the job search process now versus what we were talking about maybe, I don't know, 10 years ago? Yeah, I don't think it's as streamlined as it used to be, which is the irony of it all. We have so many more tools, yet the process seems to be very kind of, you know, all over the place and you never know where you are in it. You know, you're like, just you hit the submit application button and then it's like, okay, pray, hope, I don't know. What what, what we got to do here? Right. (laughs) It seems like that process, but there's so many more places. I think before, like I said, you would go to the monster, you know, go to Indeed. Now there's an array of places and different ports that you can go to, Mm -hmm. to be that vessel for you, to get seen and to look for things. And I think that's the the greatest part about it right now. That is the greatest part about it. Uh, Certainly, there are a plethora of uh, ways to access or learn about, you know, new positions, but actually getting your hands on it, your foot in the door with an interview has has really been challenging for most people because everything is automated. So it's no real person reading that email or that cover letter. Um, Correct. Which makes it a little tough. Yeah. So with that in mind, I know that, like I just mentioned, your Venture Studio is still open. So and you have a vast network. People know how awesome you are, but they don't know you're open to work just yet. But they're going to find out from this episode. Yes. So, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to all the great connections that's going to come to you from people now knowing or and will continue to know that you're looking for your next gig. So what are some final thoughts? right, that you may have for someone in a similar position of transitioning careers right now? I think this is a great time of the year to really do a retrospective. I always, you know, rely everything back to, you know, building products, but a retrospective of what you've done this year, as well as subsequent years, looking at your skill set. And for me, I kind of forgot what I, because I'm always, it's like the next thing, the next thing, but to really take a look at that and be introspective. How do these things work for you? Do they really serve you now? Because certain things that I did years ago in my career no longer serve me. And even though they're a part of my repertoire, maybe I need to kind of sunset them. Yeah. So So something that I look forward to and I would recommend for others to do as well. That's good. Good advice. So I'm going to move on into the rapid fire questions I'm asking everyone. And it's uh, it'll be helpful to people to learn what are some of your you know, some of your professional development tools and, you know, book recommendations. So we're going to start with what is your favorite book or recommendation for a book for others to read? My recommendation, I actually got this from my product coach uh, earlier this year. It's called Never Search Alone. Never Search Alone? Never Search Alone by Phil Terry. And the name is P-H-Y-L Terry. And it's a job seekers book. And it's called the Job Seekers Playbook, ironically enough. Wow. And it's wonderful. And it has communities that are actually created from it so that, again, you're not performing the search. Because sometimes it is very isolating. I would mm-hmm. say most times isolating, trying to just jump back into the job search, especially if you're not familiar. I said I had been out for quite some time, hadn't done it in, in 10 years, couldn't, have, couldn't even find my resume. 
So that's one of those things where you're back with people who understand, could give you some encouragement as well as tools and tips and all of that. And you do need to have some people rally around you in this process time. Yeah. Building community is so important for everything these days, though. Everything. Yeah. So it's the tactileness of it all. That proximity, while you're only a screen away, you still feel like you're isolated. Absolutely. So with that in mind, I'm actually the next question about what tech tool or tools you can't live without. Well, I loved, I came across this during my time of building the playbook for the studio. It was called Teamwork, and it is a project management tool, hmm. a phenomenal tool. Wow, is it? And it's amazing. So is this similar to like a Basecamp or Asana or Trello, right? Those are all different. Right. It has different aspects of those, but I like the fact that there's a level of automation in there that I can assign external individuals because as a team, we were doing a large amount of the work internally, but sometimes we would rely on external resources and I could just bring them in when necessary. So I love that flexibility of the tool where it's like I can, everybody can see what they need to see as an admin. I can, you know, see the full picture and get very, you know, the 30,000 viewpoint and also very much the grunt work that I like to do down to the nitty gritty of the task. So I really appreciated and loved that tool. And that was introduced to me by one of my fellow colleagues. Well, thanks for sharing that information with us, Talisha. And thanks for sharing your journey with the Unpolished MBA audience. And I'm I'm wishing you the best in finding your next position. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you and your audience. Thank you for listening to the Unpolished MBA podcast. If you're tuning in for the first time, this episode is part of our holiday 2023 special series called Unpolished Gold. It's a curated collection of conversations and insights designed to highlight career professionals navigating transitions and experts with a wealth of knowledge to share. So as the year winds down, It's the perfect time to reassess, rebrand, and reinvigorate your career aspirations, remembering that every challenge is an opportunity in disguise, and every transition is a doorway to new possibilities. Stay tuned for our next episode, and if you'd like to be a guest during this special series running through New Year's 2024, go to unpolishedmba.com forward slash gold. And don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with anyone who might benefit from these insightful discussions. Here's to uncovering and celebrating the unpolished gems within us all. Happy holidays.